When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want parents to ask themselves questions. Like for me, when my kid wouldn't get out of her pajamas, why do I care what other people think so much? That is ultimately what I had to face. Hey, thanks for listening to We're Momming Today. If you're listening on a smart speaker or website, make sure to find me, Lauren Simonetti, on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And don't forget to leave me a review. Momming today with Megan Leahy, mom of three, parenting coach, and author of Parenting Outside the Lines. Megan, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I think my my first question for you is, what is the meltdown situation like in your house right now? <laughs> um, you know, it's it, it'll well. Mm. <laughs> Last night, for instance, was epic. Like the three kids uh, took the dogs, said they were running away. That was a good one. Of course, I have find my phone, so I just watched them and they walked two blocks away and that was fine. They came back. But um, yeah, so we have periods of total calm and cooperation and then periods of we're running away. (laughs) I know. And then really the only thing to do is laugh because I'm out of all other emotions for um, ways to deal with what's going on in our nutty house as well. Um, It's so funny. Seconds ago, I just got a phone call. It's my daughter's first day of camp today. Mm. And I was so wishy-washy about sending her because we did the whole summer without it. I didn't want to take the risk. But I said to myself, I'm like, she needs structure so badly right now. She really Mm -hmm. hasn't seen many kids her age. And I just, I felt really bad for her. Um, Mm I... Are you noticing that the coronavirus has completely changed your children? You know, no, it hasn't completely changed them, but it has, it has taken a toll. Um, You know, kids again, show us over and over how resilient they are. And if they have, good, stable, loving, boundaried uh, caregivers, they are going to make it, right? Despite all kinds of hardships. That being said, um, they will have total meltdowns about seemingly nothing, right? Like a small thing not going their way. And it will dissolve into, I just miss my friends so much. Or... I've been surprised how much they miss their teachers. I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get to do this. I didn't get to do that. Or even, you know, it's my daughter's junior year of high school. And, you know, am I going to be able to do this or that? And, you know, there's a certain kind of grief in what they lost and almost kind of pre-grieving what they're going to lose again. 
So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a sea change for, for so many people. Um, as a parenting coach, what advice do you give to parents dealing with these meltdowns? You know, um, I have a chapter in the book and I feel like I talk about it more now than ever, which is about giving and receiving good apologies. Um, there's so much humanity happening <laughs> due to our chronic togetherness that we are going to lose it. Um, and hopefully it, it won't be too big and hopefully we will not be too hurtful. But as parents, we have a really beautiful opportunity to role model what a good apology sounds like and how to receive one. And, um, and how freeing that can be, and how it can uh, lift us out of being perfect or feeling constant guilt or shame. So mm-hmm. that's really what I'm talking to parents about. I'm also talking to them about making sure their own needs are met first. Um, I know that we're worried about our kids' learning or lack thereof and their social, emotional development, and you name it, they're worried. Um, but I'm watching parents just not take care of themselves in very basic ways. Um, and if, if the leader of the family is not taking care of themselves, it's going to come out. What do you mean by that? Not, not taking care of themselves. Um, you know, I'm assuming you mean we're so preoccupied and concerned with looking for a job, maintaining a job. Yes. Making sure everyone else is okay that, you know, if there is a few moments of sanity in the day, I'm not, I'm not doing anything I used to do. There's also a few outlets, you know, there's limited places where you can actually go. And when you run errands now, a lot of parents aren't running those errands with their kids. So it's like your free time is like for grocery shopping. Whereas I used to just take my kids to the food store. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about self-care and even just sitting down eating proper meals, not pandemic scrolling, right? Um, not uh, it, it getting decent sleep, going outside, right? The basic things. Wait, moms aren't doing that right now? I feel like everybody's been outside. Really? <laughs> no, because they're just like working, 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 you know, um, and then like, trying to maintain the house, trying to keep the kids busy. They may even like do something with the kids, but it's all just constantly kid focused. I'm like, do you just like sit down and have a lemonade? They're like, uh, (laughs) no. I'm like, okay. Like anything just to bring the temperature down inside themselves, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Cause we're so concerned about everybody else. No, it makes sense. Um, back to the meltdowns for a second. You, you make a point where, you know, we are expected because of the way society is to have not only high expectations for ourselves, but our children too. So they must be perfect. We must be perfect. We're all part of this perfect family that (laughs) there, you, you make the point that we need to let that perfectionism go in order to better deal with our children and their meltdowns. But what exactly do you mean by that? I guess my, my very pointed question would be, if my kid's having a meltdown in the middle of a public place or a store, do I just let them have it? 
Do I grab them forcefully and escort them out? Like, what do we do? Oh, it's it's really unsatisfying answer because it depends, right? Um, if I am in a pharmacy getting medicine for one sick child and another child is melting down, I'm not leaving. I'm there to get the medicine, mm-hmm. right? So I'll do whatever I have to do. Hand out lollipops, buy a cheap toy, uh, just sit there have people stare at me because the needs of the situation stipulate that I need that medicine. You see? Got it. If, um, you know, if we're somewhere where it's feeling pretty optional, like used to be a restaurant, if we can remember those, um, (laughs) but anywhere else you can exit the situation. And sometimes the whole parent, the whole family has to leave. Which doesn't seem fair, but we didn't have kids to for things to be fair. <laughs> so it really does depend. And it also depends on our ability as parents to react calmly and lovingly. So if we're gonna, you know, start getting in a fight and we're gonna punish our kids in front of people and we're gonna get really nasty, you're better off just, you know, hitting the bricks getting out of there. Yeah, I've actually, I've only had to leave a restaurant once and I was alone with, with my two kids and um, I didn't want to do it because I needed to prove to myself that I can get them in line and we can sit down and have a quick, um, a quick meal yeah. as human beings. But it just, it just, I didn't have the energy for it, quite honestly. So, right. so we left and there was no outbursts or anything. They were just bouncing off the walls and not behaving. And I, I was embarrassed about how they were behaving and what that said about me, that I couldn't control my, my children in that, in that setting. So you're kind of making me feel a little bit better about my decision to just leave. <laughs> no, I think that's wise because I think you saw the writing on the wall and it was probably, we don't know, but probably going to get worse. And out of that whole thing, a nice meal would have not been enjoyed. It would have been like seething, anger, resentment, whisper, yells, threats, and probably tears in the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a wise parent like knows when to fold them. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. When to give in, when to buy the lollipop or the toy, and when to just quit. Um, okay. So I, I just said that my daughter had her first day of camp today. Mm-hmm. And um, yesterday, we spent hours yesterday. We laid out everything she needed for every day of the week agreed upon because she's mm-hmm. very picky with what she How learns. old is she? She's almost five. Mm-hmm. And she's a mature five though. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I didn't drop her off at camp and I was told what she wore, which was a completely inappropriate camp outfit and not any of the outfits that we had picked out. Now, can I get over this? Yes. But I'm sitting here saying, what are these camp counselors going to think of me that I send my daughter in something that you just, you can't play outside in. How should I address this situation when she returns home and the outfit that we agreed on is still laid out on her bedroom floor? You know, the beauty of this is that this is what we call, I don't write about it in my book because it's laid out in so many other books, but natural consequences. So let's say she went in a mermaid outfit, which does not allow her legs to move. Um, She literally will learn 
that that is not a great outfit. And the beauty is you don't have to do a thing. You can just let that lesson be. You can just say, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you went to camp. What'd you do? Right? How was it? And she might say, you know, I wore this and I couldn't play. And all you have to do is go, huh? Right? And I do write in my book, as soon as we double down with a lesson or, well, didn't we plan out the outfit? I told you, but we have erased the learning. I like that. And hold that thought because we're going to return with We're Momming Today right after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. We are back with We're Momming today talking about ways to deal with our children not always doing what we want them to do, or in my case, never doing what we want them to do. And, and Megan, what exactly was the inspiration behind your new book, Parenting Outside the Lines? I really, it's kind of a love letter to every, all of my clients, everyone that writes to me at the Washington Post, people I run into, myself. It's really all the stuff that people tell me all the time, whether they hire me or in a grocery store. I just kind of wanted to write both about those themes and then in a larger sense that I want parents to ask themselves questions. Like um, for me, when my kid wouldn't get out of her pajamas, why do I care what other people think so much? That is ultimately what I had to face, right? Why do I care more about other people's opinions than my relationship with my child? (laughs) Right, and- I I know, I'm I'm with you on that. But at what point do you have to say to yourself as a mother that I'm the authority figure in their life that sometimes like you have to do it because I told you so. (laughs) Right. And so I have um, a chapter in the book about if you're going to hold your boundaries, right? If you're going to set up a boundary and you're going to hold it, you have to be ready for the pushback. So for instance, I don't care about what my kids wear but you're not going to charge your phone in your room, right? 
And so the screaming and the pushback and the yelling from that is not great. I don't enjoy it. And the rule stands, right? So I want parents to really decide what do I care about and why? And how many things should be on our our list here? Well, um, I will tell you that if you have a long list, your parenting life will suck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's your recommended number? (laughs) I I can't give it. I can't give it. It it depends on, on who you are and who your kids are. You know, I will say that you should be looking for as many strong and enthusiastic yeses as you can give. Okay. Right? So, yes, we can eat cookies every day, and yes, they will come after dinner. (laughs) Right? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. Because I get asked, like, as soon as my kids wake up in the morning, they want junk food. And right. every now and then I will give it to them just to say, yeah, no problem. Like, I, I can roll with you guys. I'm not that strict. But, right. you know, within reason. So I'll, I'll try that. Yes, you can have that Oreo cookie after breakfast, which is still entirely too early, but at least they ate breakfast first. <laughs> well, and, you know, and then you, you're probably already discovering as a mother how arbitrary some of the food stuff is. You know, I've served my kids breakfast that have way more sugar than Oreos, but it's called breakfast. Right. And so I've, as I've gotten older and I've coached more, I've become wiser to that you can be flexible and be a strong leader. Right. It's not one or the other. I I was talking to a therapist recently and she advised that we give in to our kids' demands within reason, but almost like a blanket given if they can ask nicely and reasonably. And I adopted that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was working because my kids were essentially getting everything that they wanted. And then I had to kind of draw the line a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And um they did not respond favorably to that. I bet. <laughs> yeah. I that's I'm 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 I don't know what that's about. But it sounds like your kids taught, you know, you taught your kids how to manipulate you and then you resented it. <laughs> yeah, we, well, the goal, the goal of this exercise was to be polite, be polite, less angry, less barking. Um, yes. But I just thought it went a little bit too far. Yeah. So, you know, and in my book, if you have a kid who's repeatedly barking at you, bossing you around, yelling at you, right? Um, I'm not going to go in for a lot of behavioral techniques, how to stop that, how to start it, how to, right? Because there's a lot of things you can quote unquote do. I'm more interested in asking, why is that kid continuously bossing us around? Why? Right? Rather than, because parents want to jump to the end, what do I do? What do I do? So I give an example in my book, like your car, your kid is always asking for water. They're constantly thirsty. You keep giving it to them. It's not fixing it. Da, 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 da. Oh, well, it turns out they have diabetes, right? Instead of saying, oh, well, okay, my kid's thirsty. I'll give him water. Why is my kid thirsty? <laughs> like this, yeah. right? 
So I am really more interested, and sometimes the answers are complex, and sometimes they're very simple to the why. But um, some kids are demanding because all their parents do, do is say no or don't look at them or don't respect them, right? Some kids are demanding and bossy because their temperaments are like that. Some kids are demanding and bossy because of their developmental stage, and it's appropriate. It's not fun for us, but I'm always happy to see it as a coach, like a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, oh God, if I had if I had a dollar for every time I heard a mom complaining about this or asking this question, mm-hmm. what is too much screen time for children? It, no. Not taking into account virtual learning. But, you know, how many times should they be watching these silly YouTube videos or playing Fortnite? Again. And I didn't give an answer in my book, and I won't now. Because let's say, for instance, your spouse is a working on the front lines and doesn't come home, and your kid FaceTimes them all the time. Am I going to put a limit on that? No. Yeah. Right. Um, let's say your kid has a pretty severe learning disability and they need an iPad to communicate. Am I going to put a limit on that? No. Right? So I want every family to ask themselves, what do I think is too much for which kid? When am I using it for good? When am I using it because I feel like I need a break? When am I using it for education? And what am I okay with? I think it was the second one in there. I think that most parents would struggle with. (laughs) How much should I use it when I need a break? (laughs) Right. And you know what? That's a tough one. Because I could tell you, oh, well, listen, if your kids already virtually learned, they shouldn't be on any more. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. It ain't going to happen. So I will say that there is difference in screens, and this is what I try to do. So if my kids have already been virtually learning and they want to go brain dead on like TikTok or something, I may give them a little bit of that and then we'll enjoy a movie together right? Because the movie is less activating than TikTok. Or I will demand some kind of outside play or some kind of movement, and then I'll allow another technology break. And then some days it rains and everyone's yelling at each other and everyone's on technology all day until their eyes burn out. (laughs) (laughs) Including mom. Yeah, because guess what? That's life. And during COVID, something's going to get sacrificed. And I would rather have the kids be on a little bit more tech than the parents screaming their heads off. Yeah, no, it's, it's valid. It's a valid point. And, you know, I think um, a lot of parents grapple with, you know, it's easier, you know, if you go, when you used to go to a restaurant in the good old days, I would always like turn and look around and I would see, big families at the table and every kid was on their device of all ages. And it, it drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't they just have like a normal um, dinner together speaking, no technology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we tried it a couple of times. We actually, it was our goal, but you know, then you and your husband or you and your friends want to enjoy your meal and the kids are driving you crazy. So yeah, then you become that family you always yelled at or rolled your eyes at giving the kids the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always grappled with when do I need to be a parent and when do I need to just give in just so my kids behave better? 
And I think you're always being a parent. So when you decide to give in, that's a parenting decision. So just go ahead and own it. Right. And then, uh, you know, I always tell parents because they're like, you know, oh, the tech at the table and the tech out at the restaurant, and we try and do this, and they just want to be on the tech. I say, okay, before you go to whatever you're going to, what is your goal? If you want to honestly say aloud, my goal is to connect with my friends at this brunch, then bring what you need to bring for your kids, right? If the goal is to have a nice family lunch, then try it without tech. You see? I like this. Yeah, it's just getting real because what parents try to do is put five pounds of junk in a, you know, two pound bag. They're trying to have a meaningful family brunch, connect with their friends, have their kids be amazing, also while being ignored, while you try and drink a mimosa. Like, what? (laughs) I know, I gotcha. I have one more question for you. Um, You might have noticed this, your kids, because they're around each other so much, are fighting more than usual. Bickering, hitting, how do we, how do we fix this? Um, Well, we're not. Um, They're going to fight. So we're going to always have to accept a certain amount of tussle between siblings because that's how it works. (laughs) Um, Some siblings fight more than others, but we're going to first accept that it happens and it's not always a reflection of a problem. That's number one. It's just a reflection of humanity. Um, And then in my book, I really want parents to zoom out and look for the patterns. So we tend to just be like, my kids fight all the time. I don't know what's wrong with them. They hate each other. I can't do anything right, blah, 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 right? And then I'll say all the time, well, right? So I want parents to zoom out and look at the pain points. Like when exactly is it happening? What is the dynamic? Is it one kid going after the other kids? Is it equal? Is it always about technology? Is it about toys? Is it about getting your attention? Right? Because when you understand what the problem is, then you can apply a solution rather than just kind of like shooting from the hip. Stop fighting, no more tech, no dessert, go to your rooms, whatever, all the stuff that doesn't work. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's it. All the stuff that doesn't work. So we are parenting outside the lines. Megan, thank you so much for warming with us today. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Stay safe. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.